Many people are rightly concerned because of the Hamas attack on Israel on October 7th, 2023. But that attack did not come out of nowhere. It came out of the 75-year occupation of Palestine. And in fact, the story goes back even further. Let's talk about that today. Hi, Paul Shepard here, and welcome to the podcast. You know, some people think that having faith means believing a bunch of things that you know are impossible. But here at Rational Christianity, we take a rational approach to understanding the Christian faith. We combine history, science, the Bible, common sense, and an understanding of human nature to make Christianity make sense. Everyone is welcome here. There is so much information and disinformation about the situation in Palestine and Israel these days. You might wonder what I can contribute to that conversation. Well, I know that some of the people who follow this podcast are not really very religious. So today I just want to explain some of the underlying assumptions behind the narratives we are all hearing. And I will focus on religious and biblical content, which I feel qualified to discuss. And we will explore some of the outcomes of that religious thinking. If you know very little about the current horrors going on in Gaza, you might believe our media, who pretend that life was all happy, happy for people living in Gaza prior to October 7th. And then on October 7th, Hamas committed an unprovoked terrorist attack. And of course, things have spiraled out of control since then. Well, of course, things were not all happy, happy prior to October 7th. One key historical point is that in 1948, the United Nations decided that an existing populated place called Palestine should be divided up into an Arab state and a Jewish state. This was mainly done in order to create a safe space for Jewish people as a response to the Jewish Holocaust of the Second World War. But right there, the story already makes no sense. The Jewish Holocaust of the Second World War was caused by the Nazis. So why did Palestinians pay the price for the sins of Germany? Why was a Jewish state not constructed on land ceded by Germany after the Second World War? Well, that's a great question, and it's a question our media shies away from completely. So I will not attempt to defend the position, but I can at least explain the religious roots to the problem. And to begin, we need to actually discuss how it is that people read the Bible. I will speak in broad terms about Christians, since I understand that part. Now, if you're not really a religious person, this will probably surprise you. But there are people who believe the Bible is literally true. And I mean that in the sense that you could take a story in the Bible, completely ignore the context and the original audience for that story, and then just imagine that the words can be taken as 100% true today. By extension, some people even go so far to assume that the stories in the Bible are historically accurate. Now, today, it's a bit difficult to believe anyone takes the Bible as true in that sense. The Bible was written, edited, and redacted by perhaps a total of 200 people. And I mean in the original languages, and that includes Biblical Hebrew, Aramaic, and Biblical Greek. So I'm not talking about translations. I'm talking about the original authors and editors. And all of those 200 people lived during times when slavery was the norm when women were seen as inferior to men, when tribalism, which today we call racism, was the norm. And those writers all wrote out of their own context, which is why the Bible, if you read it literally, endorses slavery, sexism, racism, and other social diseases. 
So today there is a broad understanding amongst many Christians that you can take the Bible literally or you can take it seriously, but you cannot do both at the same time. Many Christians today understand that reading the Bible literally is kind of ridiculous. The Bible is not a record of historical fact. It is a mythological narrative. God didn't write it. Anywhere in the Bible it states that God said something or other that's simply what the author imagined. Moreover, the notion that God actually gave land away is preposterous. And even worse, the idea that God would pick favorites, that God would have one group of people called chosen people, is completely racist. So if you read the Bible literally, you see a God character who is racist and sexist, a God who commits genocide, a God who has lower moral standards than you and I have. But today, as I said, many Christians do not read the Bible, literally. But if we go back to the 1940s, almost all Christians thought of the Bible in a literal way. Now, to be fair, it's not so much that the people thought the stories were true. It's probably more accurate to say they just simply never questioned them. And of course, there are stories in the Bible where God character gives land to a group of people called Hebrews. And that land coincides strongly with the place that was called Palestine prior to 1948. And in 1948, the Western powers were predominantly Christian. So to Western nations, the idea is that Jews needed a safe place to live after the Second World War, combined with the idea God had given the Jews the land of Palestine, was broadly accepted without much reflection. Now, I won't comment on whether that decision made any sense politically, but I can say from a religious perspective, stealing land from Palestinians to make space for Jews made no sense at all, but particularly if you consider the biblical narrative. Now, I should, for completeness, be fair. Some Christians today still try to read the Bible as if it's literally true. But they can only do this by ignoring the parts of the Bible that they do not like. And in order to believe that God gave Palestine to the Hebrew people, you have to ignore quite a lot of the Bible. The obvious thing you have to ignore is that the Bible is mythological narrative, not history. The fact that an ancient author said that God gave land to the Hebrews tells you a lot about the author, but tells you nothing at all about God. But here's the thing, even if you were to read the Bible literally, in really brief summary, there are two different narratives in the Bible about God giving land to the Hebrews. In one version of the story, God gives land to the Hebrews, and they go to the land in military force, and they kill, slaughter, and dominate the original inhabitants. That is found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, and in other places. But that is a vision today that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is currently trying to live into. And that is in the Bible. But there is another narrative in the Bible. And in that narrative, God gives land to the Hebrews, and they go to the land, and they have very little military success. This part of the story is found in the book of Judges, chapter 1, and in other places. And in that narrative, instead of dominating the land like they tried to, the Hebrew people instead coexist and live in the land alongside other cultural groups. They coexist in peace on the land. They do not dominate the land. And that narrative of the two is much closer to historical reality. Because historically, the Jewish people were never very numerous or very powerful. and always existed beside other societies. I mean, Jewish people have their own religion and culture and language and foods and many other things. 
but historically, they never had dominance over Palestine. They always coexisted with and within other kingdoms, like the Canaanites. And generally, people coexisted in peace. In fact, until fairly recently, Palestine was a place where Muslims, Christians, and Jews all lived with a great deal of peace. Palestine was a place of peace for many different groups until around the end of the 1800s. Unfortunately, the fact that Christians in the past read the Bible in a literal way has had a huge impact on this. And that way of understanding the Bible contributed massively to what started going wrong in Palestine at around the end of the 1800s. In 1897, the Zionist movement was born. Zionism is a secular nationalistic ideology that takes the trappings of Judaism, but none of the morality or understandings of the Jewish religion. Zionism is a racist supremacy movement. Zionism is fundamentally anti-Semitic. After World War I, Palestine came under the control of the British in 1918. And the British did not do well protecting the rights of the local indigenous people, leading to many violent confrontations. Britain supported the Zionists with military force. Incidentally, the reason Britain was so keen to do this was not because they liked Jews. They did not like Jews. They wanted to get the Jews out of Britain by giving them somewhere else they could go, particularly a place a long way away. This, of course, became a huge mess, and in 1947, Britain turned the mess they had created over to the UN. The UN, in their wisdom, decided conflicts can be solved by having non-resident powers draw arbitrary lines on a map, and created both an Arab state and a Jewish state in 1948. This was a convenient way to compensate for the Jewish Holocaust of World War II, but it was a crazy idea from day one. Palestinians were forced off their homelands where they had lived for generations because of the sins of Germany. And yet, perhaps, if the story had stopped there, we would have peace today. But the story did not stop there, because ever since 1948, Israel has tried to live out the vision found in Deuteronomy, using military force to expand their land and control and dominate. Israel has been colonizing Palestine continuously since 1948. In November 2023, Netanyahu explicitly said this, saying, quote, You must remember what Amalek has done to you. This was a reference to 1 Samuel 15, verse 3. Quote, now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have. Do not spare them. Kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Netanyahu called for genocide, and the entire world heard him call genocide. And here's where the story gets kind of strange, because Western powers, including Canada, have been supporting Israel and helping it colonize Palestine for 75 years. And it is strange. You know, when Russia decided to use military force to acquire lands in Ukraine, it took five days for Canada and other nations to put sanctions on Russia and to take many other actions. But when Israel uses military force to acquire lands in Palestine, Canada simply gives more money and weapons to Israel. And Canada uses whatever muscle it has at the UN to make sure Israel is never held accountable. Netanyahu is not even punished for calling for a genocide, even though that is a violation of the Genocide Convention. Canada is on the wrong side of history here. And clearly, no matter how much doublespeak our government uses, our foreign policies are not based on human rights or morality 
or any other metric a government is willing to name publicly. This imbalance has gone on for a long time. Too long. So here's one example. Recently, a user called Mona asked ChatGPT, do Israelis deserve justice? And the answer, unsurprisingly, was, quote, justice is a fundamental principle that applies to all individuals and groups, regardless of their nationality or background. Israelis, like any other people, deserve justice and the protection of their human rights. Justice should be pursued for all, regardless of their nationality, ethnicity, or any other characteristic, end quote. And that's a great answer that I'm sure we all agree with. But then Mona asked ChatGPT, do Palestinians deserve justice? To which the answer was, quote, the question of justice for Palestinians is a complex issue, end quote, followed by a whole string of weasel words. But it is not complicated. Colonization is wrong. If it's wrong in North America and Ukraine, it's wrong in Palestine, period. And collective punishment, which Israel has been using against Palestinians for decades, is not only morally wrong, but is a war crime according to the Geneva Convention. Israeli Defense Minister Gallant recently said, and I quote, I have ordered a complete siege on the Gaza Strip. There will be no electricity, no food, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting human animals and we will act accordingly, end quote. What Gallant ordered is the very definition of collective punishment. The occupying power, in this case Israel, has a duty of ensuring food and medical supplies of the population. Israel is publicly committing a war crime according to the Fourth Geneva Convention. Israel is committing war crimes on camera, and instead of telling them to stop, our government just says, it's complicated. We in the West are hypocrites when it comes to human rights. I mean, we rightfully condemn Putin for his invasion of Ukraine, while we celebrate the same actions when Israel does them. Palestine is an old and historic culture and people. Palestinians are a people just as much as Jews are. Palestine applied for UN status, and most of the world agreed. Canada, the US, a few others did not. Why? Why do we not see Palestinians as human beings equal to ourselves? Why do we not demand that our Prime Minister sees Palestinians as human beings? If you've been following the national media in Canada, they blast away at Hamas for its attack, and rightly so. But Hamas only exists because of the occupation of Palestine. If you think Hamas is evil, then we must force Israel to end the occupation. We must force Israel to follow international law. If Palestinian people were not treated like animals, Hamas would lose its power. The root cause of the current crisis is the occupation of Palestine, which has been going on for decades. And please do not believe the lie that Palestinians want to kill all Jews. Most Palestinians are fine with Jews. They just do not like being occupied. The biggest threat to Israel today is not Hamas. The biggest threat to Israel today is Israel's gross mistreatment of the Palestinians who have been enduring the occupation for decades. The occupation must end or Israel will crumble from within because the underlying racism inherent in Zionism is on display for all of us to see today, in living color, in dying color. Palestinians are losing their lives, and Israel is losing its soul. Nobody is winning here. The only hope now is coexistence, and nobody in the West is even talking about that. Peace is always achieved through coexistence anyway, 
never through war. We need a permanent ceasefire and an end to the occupation of Palestine right now. Amen. Hi again, and thanks for joining in today. I'm Reverend Dr. Paul Shepard, Minister with the United Church of Canada, currently serving at Chapel in the Park United Church in Toronto. I'm also an environmental scientist with a PhD in physics. I'm passionate about making Christianity make sense. Please subscribe to the channel and feel free to visit the church, either in person or online. You might also enjoy my book, Evolving Christianity, which is about taking a scientific, rational approach to Christianity in order to fight racism and other social diseases. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.